Great. It's Cash Color Campus, a high level of conversation. Um, today, again, we are not inside live hip hop daily studios. We are at Urban Grow Media Studios, a.k.a. my house office. And I have online today um, an esteemed cannabis media journalist, also event, uh, event producer, and the man, the brain behind MJ Unpacked. And that's George J. George, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, but um, I, I don't know if I can be, you know, dubbed with the title of the brain behind it. I actually uh, founded the business with my wife and business partner, Kim. Um, and so we share a brain. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. As a married man, I totally understand what you just said. So, yeah, you can't take full credit. We have to share this brain here. Nope. So, George, um, thank you again for, um, for for checking in today with us with Cash Color Cannabis. Um, for those who don't know you, please just introduce yourself and tell us fully what you do and everything that you do with MJ Unpacked. Sure, Mecca. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show today. Um, my name again is George Jage. Um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of MJ Unpacked. Um, I've been in the cannabis industry, or the I should say the trade show industry for about 30 years, but I always got to say I've been in the cannabis industry for about 35, um, <laughs> back to when I was 15 and had my herbal distribution business back in high school and college. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's it's nice to kind of full circle and, you know, take uh, my skills producing really successful events, growing some of the fastest growing trade shows in North America and bring it to the cannabis industry. Um, I actually came into the cannabis space in 2014 when I took over as the president and lead executive at MJ BizCon, MJ Biz Daily. Um, was able to take that event and turn it from a 20 tabletops uh, horse racetrack that was up here in Seattle into uh, the monster it's become today. Uh, but even back then, you know, um, you know, the biggest thing that we always knew is that cannabis is a consumer packaged goods and any type of CPG product, the biggest and certainly the most important trade show is built around bringing the brands and the retailers together to bring more products to the consumers. And uh, most of what we see out in the marketplace, including MJ BizCon, is just a supply side show. I like to refer to it as light bulbs and label makers, um, you know, but, um, you know, really being able to provide something that, you know, drives transactional success, really focuses on the fundamentals of the industry. And quite honestly, is is built around being of service to people. Um, you know, we're we're fortunate enough to be able to produce events, which is a lot of hard work, but a lot of fun. Um, but if we're not serving our market, then we don't deserve to have the position that we hold. Uh, no, I totally understand, man. But uh, MJ, MJ Unpacked is a hot new name out in the conference uh, circuit. I had mentioned to you prior before we even hit record that it's the one conference I have yet to be to, uh, have yet to be, um, attend. Can you explain to us how MJ Unpacked came to life in the first place? Like, what was your, when did the idea for having your own conference come about? Well, I've owned my own businesses for most of my adult life uh, until I stepped in the cannabis space. Um, so, um, and Kim and I ran a trade show called World Tea Expo prior to me stepping into the cannabis industry. So we, we just, we've always just seen that this is, again, you know, when you look at the kind of the, the aggregate across, you know, any industry like consumer or consumer electronics industry, CES is the biggest show. It's where new products mm -hmm. come out. It's a natural products expo. It's where, you know, brands are coming to market and distributors and retailers are shopping the aisles. Um, so, you know, we, we just saw an opportunity kind of coming into late 2019 that the market was starting to shift and, and a lot more focus was being put on brands. Um, this is an industry that's really unique in so many different levels, as you know, but, you know, a lot of cases, the relationship with the consumer lied with the retailer, and it still does in a large part today, 
yeah. with the bartenders probably having a, a majority of the influence over consumer purchasing decisions. But we're really starting to see, you know, direct to consumer models. We're starting to see, you know, multi-state operators obviously continuing to grow and, you know, brands having portability where they can, you know, start entering new markets through license agreements instead of having to stand up a whole new, you know, operation in these new states. Um, and, you know, we just, we, we saw what was out there and we just felt that, um, you know, most of the events out there were very transactional where they just want to sell boost space and, and, and registrations and not really focus on the needs of the market at the moment. Um, one of the things I think that really sets us apart, and I know that you haven't been to our show yet. We're going to fix that when we go to New York, but, um, you know, we've only been around for a year and, you know, we're, we're considered one of the top trade shows in the industry very quickly. And that's, you know, by design, a lot of hard work, an amazing team of people that we work with. Um, and a lot of support for something different, um, that, that people haven't seen yet today. But we qualify every single person that comes to our show to make sure that they are a licensed operator with the title of manager or hire. So when you're at our event, you're you're talking to people who have walked in your shoes. You're not talking to somebody that's just, you know, maybe looking for a job in the industry or yeah. kicking tires. Um, they're senior level decision makers. So um, as one attendee put it, uh, every conversation they had at our event was juicy. Uh, you know, it's just it, it really elevates things. And And again, going back to understanding the needs of the market. You know, capital is, um, you know, the number one kind of limiting factor for us um, in our industry. And um, so we do make the event available for accredited investors actively investing in cannabis. And we vet them, too, to make sure that they're not just somebody that's got 100 shares of Cure Leaf in their E-Trade account. <laughs> um, you know, going ahead, you, you are fairly new, not being just a year old. And you've already got yourself to the point, so speaking of MJ Unpacked, got yourself to the point where you are one of the more popular conferences out right now. But when it comes to putting together the event itself, you are standing in front of a behemoth that is MJ Biz. Um, have you thought when you were putting together the event, was there any fear that you would still over get overshadowed by MJ Biz in any way? Well, listen, I, um, you know, MJ Biz has changed a lot over the years. As you know, they just sold to a uh, publicly traded company. Yeah. So there's a lot of internal changes going on there. Um, and certainly, you know, um, it, I'm proud of my work there. I mean, I took them from, you know, like I said, a 20 booth show to, you know, a thousand booth show at the convention center. It was actually um, recognized as the fastest growing trade show in the entire United States um, under my leadership in 2017, uh, 2016 and 2015. Um, but you know, it's not any different shows are going to have different value propositions for people. Um, one of my investors, for example, is, is in the business of helping people secure licenses in new markets. Um, you know, for them, you know, the people coming to our show already have licenses. So, you know, going to some of these shows in maybe new markets, whether it's, you know, Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi, or, or wherever is very valuable to them. Um, but, you know, we're playing specifically to the brand and the retail licensed operators. I mean, I, I just feel that these are the vanguard of the industry and that, you know, safe, tested and uh, product that's going to deliver on its promises, kind of going into a retail store where somebody's going to have a safe educational environment for somebody to come in and engage the category, um, you know, is where we're going to win and lose consumers every day. Right. And you sell them. You sell them a, a hundred milligram chocolate bar and you don't tell them to break it into pieces before they eat it. They might not ever come back to the cannabis. 
<laughs> I had a friend of mine who did that recently at a at a dinner party, and I told her, "Oh, I wish you would have gave people a heads up because that's a lot of that's a lot they're about to consume right now." Yeah, right, <laughs> and and it's a, that's important. I mean, my my aunt, my poor aunt, went to a party with her college son, and somebody dabbed her up, and she was on the way to the hospital about an hour later, thinking that life was coming to an end. Um, and and I, I kind of snicker at that, but it's serious. Um, you know, I mean, we know that nobody's ever died from an overdose from cannabis and the 5,000 year history that we know about it. Um, but, you know, with the new form factors that are being introduced, uh, you do see, you know, the ability for somebody to get, you know, um, overserved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and then creating new product opportunities, right? Like, I mean, I've got several products that I've, I've had a chance to sample. Um, for people to take if they are have overconsumed, so it can kind of help them come down. Usually they're CBD based. Um, I don't know if you ever tried eating black peppercorns after smoking weed. Oh no! Is that is that something I should add to my um, to do well, list? It's well, it's like it, it, it's kind of a, a wife's tale type of thing, but there's actually science behind it that there is a chemical in black peppercorns that will, for simplistically purposes it's a kind of a neural disruptor so it'll help kind of dislodge some of the thc that's in your lock and key system in your endocannabinoid um uh, system so it kind of helps you come down especially if you're like really paranoid and, and got you know smoked a little bit too much got paranoid yeah eating five or six black peppercorns i tried it it actually works well, that's good to know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna drop that in the in the comments when we uh when we drop the when we drop the episode. I'm gonna make that part of the caption. Make yeah. sure that you eat a black peppercorn too. I, I learned that from George. Um, <laughs> George, you spoke about coming into emerging markets, and New York now is a very is a big emerging market. And I know that you've done events there already, and you're about to do another one going into 2023. What's it like entering into that market as far as trying to bring your conference and bringing your conference to the state of New York? Yeah, well, you know, even going back, we, we've we been around for a year that we've actually held MJ Unpacked, but we started the company back at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, um, and then found out that there was this pandemic thing going on and we couldn't do live events. So, um, you know, it kind of delayed our launch. But when we looked at kind of coming out of that pandemic and where we wanted to kind of plant our flag, you know, New York's, you know, one of the biggest, most exciting markets that's going to be coming online. Um, and when we booked those events, the hotels were closed. Um, we, you know, the sales execs were working from home. Um, you know, when we booked the, the first event in Las Vegas, I went down there for a site visit. They couldn't even open up the convention space because all the electronic locks batteries had died. Um, so, um, you know, we just see New York as, as really kind of being a stronghold for cannabis. Um, we know that there is a, uh, large population that enjoys the product. Yes. Um, and the surrounding states and the population density out there. But it's also kind of like, not to be too cliche, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It is mm-hmm. a place where brands go national and international. Um, and, uh, you know, where there is a lot of focus on building really successful, stable and sustainable brands. Yeah. You know, um, to speak again about one of your competitors, that's MJ Biz. Um, I feel like one of the things that makes MJ Biz so big is that it is it's not just centered in America. It's an international brand at this point. They do conferences all across the world. Do you see yourself expanding out past the states and going in and taking MJ Unpacked into a, to international places to to the across across these going international? Yeah, sure. I mean, I wrote a lot of the strategy docs around them, their international expansion before my departure. But 
Um, I, I want to go back. I, I don't really see MJ Biz as a competitor, quite frankly. I mean, I think that they offer, I mean, yes, they're an event. Um, you know, I don't go to just one event a year. I don't read just one publication. I get, you know, different information from different publishers. I get um, different value out of different events. Um, you know, but again, their event is a unqualified audience. It's only qualification is if you're willing to pay the ticket price. And, and all of their exhibitors, you know, to date, you know, have historically been, you know, supply side stuff. So it's, you know, um, extraction equipment, growing equipment. Some of their biggest exhibitors are selling, you know, greenhouses and um, uh, things along those lines. Um, but going international, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you got to kind of stay focused and you can't run before you start walking. Um, so, you know, we want to continue to establish our event as the dominant brand and retail focused event in the United States. And then I think we would definitely explore some international opportunities. And I think Southeast Asia is, you know, obviously we know Thailand has legalized. Yes. Uh, um, I've got a few friends down there. I've already had some early stage conversations with um, obviously Europe, Germany, and um you know, the mainland and Europe is, is becoming more and more progressive around cannabis. Um, absolutely. Yes, yes. You know, I think Thailand would be a great place. I, I just realized myself how, how, how um, big cannabis is over there in, in, in Thailand. A couple of pages started following me on Instagram and I'm blown away myself by dispensaries and all this conversation. It was almost like one day, you know, they just jumped up and said, all right, now all this is okay. Maybe we can learn a lesson from them about how to roll out a successful national market. <laughs> speaking of you know we are watching now more states come on come online you know like even with the last in, in the last midterms we just watched missouri and uh um oh man slipping my mind but we just watched yeah. We just, yeah we just watched two other states come online um how optimistic are you that we're going to see an actual national rollout of legalization coming anytime soon yeah, it's a tough question to answer. I mean, you know, to, to, to be sitting here today, you know, after being in the industry for nearly 10 years and and scratching my head going, why the fuck don't we have safe banking? Sorry if I yeah. offended listeners uh, by dropping the F-bomb. But, um, you know, it's it's sad and it's unfortunate. Um, so, you know, I think we got to look at this as, you know, potential incremental, you know, steps towards towards that um, safe banking and and whether it's a safe banking light. Um, or, you know, if it's kind of the full safe banking that was originally proposed that includes expungement and social equity and other provisions, um, doesn't matter, but it, it, it matters that we have access to safe banking. I mean, the retail and brand, the license holders are getting so penalized across the board, um, you know, aside from 280 tax code, which is super punitive, um, you know, to have to pay eight to 10 points on your deposits when you're, you're bringing your money to the bank because you, you know, not having access to credit cards. So you're, you know, guests have to, you know, show up with cash and, yeah. you know, all of those issues that, you know, could get resolved. And um, certainly safe banking will, I think, open the doorway for some of the early stage institutional money um, or quasi institutional money to come in, possibly even private equity might start looking at the space, but they're all going to stand on the sidelines until they know that they're, that, that, you know, there is a cash security around their business. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I and I feel like one thing they're waiting on is real true um leadership from from up top, meaning in the in the in the, in the presidency. And I feel like we haven't got that just yet. Even with Joe Biden's most recent announcement, we still haven't got clear leadership about where we're trying to go with cannabis. Um, what's your opinion on on George on Joe Biden's um announcement about you know having it having looking into the scheduling of cannabis and possibly letting go thousands of 
of prisoners who are locked up for small cannabis charges. Do you feel like that is enough to be done? And what more do you feel like can be done? Well, I think most of his, his, his announcement was lip service and, and actually weaponizing cannabis uh, politically. Um, I know, agree. If you look at you know reports from Last Prisoner Project, which we were able to raise almost $100,000 for over the last year, um, and other organizations, um, certainly the Weldon Project, um, you know, there aren't any federal prisoners for minor possession charges. Those are being held on the state level. And so we've already seen expungement happen and clemency happen on a state level for progressive states and with progressive governors. Um, but, you know, did it really make an impact, you know, possibly on some people's lives? Certainly if anybody got out of jail, it'd be great. But I don't I haven't seen the numbers to say how many people are actually released from prison federal prison. And I think, you know, part of the issue is that, you know, we live in this kind of star belly speeches, you know, political environment that, you know, whatever one party says, the other party has to say the opposite, no matter what. Mm-hmm. They become so entrenched. So if Biden starts becoming pro cannabis around this, you know, the Republicans are going to start, you know, running attack campaigns saying Joe Biden wants to string your kids out on heroin and PCP and, and some type of, you know, fuzzy mathematical logical equation. Um, and the irony of that is that where that message probably will resonate the most is in um, rural, mostly white, you know, areas of, of the country where people are truly strung out on opioids from being recommended from trusted doctors and they're losing their lives for it. Um, and that doesn't need to happen. I mean, m- we know cannabis can be a very effective pain management solution. It's non-addictive, typically, um, at least physically addictive the same way that opioids are. Um, you know, the fact that we can't allow our vets that, you know, 22 a day die from, you know, taking their own lives, that they don't have access to whole plant medicine. Um, these things need to get fixed quick. Um, you know, there's human lives that are, are being lost and wrecked. Yeah, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. And I really I'm really at this point tired of cannabis being used as a political con- just as a political talking point with no real action behind it. And I gave I actually spoke about this in my podcast last week. I felt that about Stacey Abrams. I feel like that's one of the things that's keeping Stacey Abrams back. Well, one of the things that's keeping her back from winning in Georgia. You have yet to act, make an actual statement about cannabis until it gets closer to the election. And even then, you don't really say anything. You just kind of say, well, I'm for it. Like, say what you're going to do. Like, why are people still, it's, it's 2022. Why are people scared to say it with their chest that they are supportive of this industry that is, you know, is making billions of dollars and you know has the potential to make even more? Yeah. And 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 so that, that, that you know, going back into that kind of whole political diatribe about this, I mean, you know, um, you know, first of all, I think that we've got some some serious issues we need to resolve for our democracy that would include term limits for congressmen and women. <sighs> Um, you spoke to my heart, <laughs> you know, and, and Citizens United. You, you know, I brought Ben Cohen to speak at one of the early stages of uh, MJ BizCon, and he did this uh, really cool kind of demonstration. He he runs this thing called the Stamp to Stampede campaign, where you get stamps and you can stamp on your dollar bills that like do not use this money to bribe, you know, for corporate interest <laughs> in, in our government. Um, and, you know, I think we need to eliminate the, the the amount of corporate money that's coming in into the system. It's just it's breaking it. It's it's misaligning the priorities to, you know, serve the will of the people versus the will of the corporations. And um, so, you know, again, a few fundamental things there. But, you know, what, what disappoints me is that, you know, a lot of times these states are legalizing cannabis or putting very high tax rates on it. They see it as a vice tax. 
and they say, hey, we're going to use this money to help, you know, improve schools and we're going to help, you know, uh, you know, police training and drug rehabilitation programs. And and what happens is, is in, in some states, they, they, this money does go into those buckets, but what they do is they take the money that was in those buckets and they move it out. Um, so there's not maybe, you know, people don't necessarily see the, the true incremental benefit of adding, you know, cannabis tax into the state markets. And then you, know, you look at California, which has struggled tremendously to be able to create a, a legal tax and regulated yes. market because of the amount of taxes that they're charging people. It's just not going to make sense for them to... Um, you know, go into the legal market and they're going to continue to be legacy operators and they deserve a seat at the table and we need to find a better path for them. And I, quite frankly, I would just say zero taxes for the first three years, get the market established, and then you can go in and make your revenue. I, I think that should be your talking point when you run for office. <laughs> what are you most proud of when it comes to MJ Unpack looking back so far? Like what have been your, I guess, what, what accomplishment have you been most proud of when it comes to the event? Well, it's just, you know, um, you know, Kim, myself, and I think our whole team are, are, you know, based in a belief that we're, we're here to help be of service um, and really help people out. And every show, when we hear about somebody who's had a life-changing event because they met with the right person, they were in the right room, um, is the type of stuff that, you know, really drives us and wakes us up in the morning and says, let's do this again. Um, it's not an easy business. It's very competitive market. Mm -hmm. um, we're still early stages, um, you know, raising capital and, you know, trying to create a long-term sustainable business. And I think, you know, part of what we want to do is, is steward this responsibly. Um, it's not about our bottom line. It's about how do we move the industry forward? And um, that's why we, we, we launched this. We've come up with very innovative solutions to keep costs down for our exhibitors and our sponsors and our attendees. Retailers can attend free to our event. They're probably, you know, they're they're the ones who need most help is, you know, really creating these, you know, storefronts for us to be able to, you know, have legal cannabis available in every market in the United States. So, um, you know, those are the things, I mean, off the top of my head, um, you know, this this last show, I mean, there was so many, you know, different people, you know, that had success stories that got funded, that found strategic partners, that launched in the new state markets. Um, if you haven't heard about the gong yet, um, uh, we have a gong on our show floor. So when everybody gets, a, when anybody gets a deal done, they can go bang the gong and that gong was banging hard for, you know, two and a half days this last fall. I like that. I like that. So New York is the next, is the next event. Can you speak a little bit about what people, what event goers should expect when they do make it to the big apple next year? Yeah. Um, again, um, you know, we'll have registration open up uh, January 1st. Um, you know, retailers can attend free um, up to a certain point. Um, we're going to be creating some other initiatives um, to help some of the social equity candidates. And we I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. We do a lot to um, really kind of change the narrative of what's happening in our industry and really create the type of diversity that we want to see. Um, you know, all of our content is highly curated. So all of our educational program is built for retailers and brands by people who have had success stories in this space. We don't let somebody get up on stage that's, you know, consultant that wants to talk about how they can help you run your business better when they've never actually walked a mile in your shoes. Um, and peer-to-peer -peer learning, you know, is really truly the highest, you know, uh, value proposition to people. And, you know, for me to, to go into a room and to, to talk to another person that runs an event and, you know, what's working, what's not working, what mistakes did you make that you would have done over um, to learn that and hear that from somebody who's walked in my shoes 
is a lot more valuable than listening to somebody who thinks they know how to fix my problems that has never faced them. <laughs> Speaking of diversity, um, they, we I've been to an event myself and I, I, I can speak to this. I've been to plenty of events, plenty of conferences where I know I'm the lone person of color in the whole entire room. You really don't see a whole lot of speakers. And if you are seeing speakers, the only conversation we're having is about social equity. They don't really dive into anything else that it really affects any other community. What is MJ Unpacked doing to kind of combat that and make sure that they don't go down the same route? Um, because we don't bullshit people. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I just went to a conference that wasn't in the cannabis industry and they had a, a DEI panel of all white people and it was pathetic. Um, and, you know, when we did our virtual events, we did some sessions around uh, diversity and equity and inclusion. But, um, you know, we kind of immediately kind of saw that, like, th th there wasn't anything like tangible or tractionable from that. It was just like, hey, let's talk about the fact that there's a problem. So, mm -hmm. Um, what we've done is we've gone out and, and looked at what, what can we do as an organization, as a platform, as an event to really help change that narrative, change the dynamics and actually change the, the trajectory of making sure that there are people of color um, that have positions and, and, and own businesses in our industry. Um, we have a really strong partnership with uh, our academy, which is a pre-accelerator out of the Bay Area, but they you know, work with clients across the country. And we go out and raise the money, give the money to them, and then they can get their cohorts or their entrepreneurs who they've already coached to build a business plan, to, to build a deck, to prep them, to talk to investors. And we bring them to market. Um, at this last Las Vegas show, I would probably say close to 30% of the brands on our floor were, were minority owned or BIPOC owned businesses. And it's noticeable at our event. And that's the one thing that you asked before about, you know, what's the one thing that you, you're most proud of? And it's people constantly coming up to us and saying that the level of diversity at our event is unparalleled by any other event in the industry, because that's what needs to happen. Um, and, you know, we make sure that we walk the walk. We just don't give it lip service. Um, we worked with them for MM this last show as well. We work with uh, MCBA on some partnerships as, as well. And it's just, you know, when we see opportunities to take what we can do really well, again, helping that company be on, on display at an event, help them connect with investors so that they have access to capital. Um, help them connect with retailers and other brands that can expand their footprint or their um, their product placement. That's what's going to make the difference. I agree. I agree. George, I appreciate this conversation. It's very eye opening. And I look forward to going to MJ Unpacked myself in, in New York next year. Um, for those who want to know more about MJ Unpacked, where can they go to find out more information? Sure. Um, visit our website, uh, mjunpacked.com. Um, we also publish a newsletter and a content platform called MJBI. It was originally a brand insights. We renamed it. Um, so it's both business intelligence, brand insights. Um, and so you can visit that. We have a great editorial team. Uh, Felisa Rogers, our editor in chief, has been published in Salon and, and Guardian and other you know, international publications. But she's also the daughter of, uh, of a... Uh, a uh, former uh, legacy farmer in Oregon. And, you know, she grew up and had the SWAT team come to her house when she was a kid. So she bought into this industry. She's legit. She's authentic. Does a great job. Macy Woofer is also on her team. She's uh, Native American. She's very in tune with what's going on, both um, in the cannabis industry, but also with the indigenous peoples. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, um, I'll make sure my listeners would, would, will stop by MJ Unpacked's website, learn more about MJ Unpacked and possibly figure out how you can make your way to New York to go see this event live and in person, because I'm going to make sure I get there myself. Thank you so much, George, for your time today.
Mecca, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my story and it was great chatting with you today. No problem. And that's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation.